Come on in, Craig. Last time he left because I didn't put any vocal audio into him. I, I summoned him and then I didn't say anything. And it was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Even the bot was like, not doing this, bro. Yeah. All right, time to pour my coffee. Pouring his coffee. Coffee. Yeah, sounds about right. A bit of coffee sounds pretty decent to me, too, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually gave up um, drinking coffee past 2 p.m. Oh, man. I just just did that. I listened to another podcast, um, and they had a sleep expert on who talked about how even if you can fall asleep and stay asleep on coffee, or on caffeine, rather, um, you don't get as deep of sleep doing that. So you end up feeling terrible the next day. And I was like, that explains my whole life. So, <laughs> so I stopped doing it. And guys, I feel great. <laughs> I, uh, I can't believe it. I 100% agree with difference. that. Unless, unless, you know, he didn't do any research on me. Um, oh, you built different? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm not him, but I am built different because <laughs> I, I check my sleep app and on my watch and like it i'm in full rem for like some nights of like five hours like deep sleep for like two or three and that's after having coffee at like 6 p.m and i don't wake up for anything Welcome to A4 No B4 Yes, the Zelda theme podcast that's currently deep diving into Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Last episode, we followed Felda around, ultimately culminating in a battle with Phantom Ganon in Hyrule Castle. And this episode, we will be going to Kakariko Village to find out what kind of shenaniganry is happening there. I'm Cameron Heggie, and my voice is so unusually deep. And these are my co-hosts. I'm Ryan Vonzi, and I've been late night coffee free for about four days now. Mm-mm. My name is Anthony, and I also have a deep voice, and I have coffee. Uh, I'm a man who likes my coffee. Coffee, dahi. Do it. Don't do it. Midnight coffee. Sanitize it's contagious. I live that life, and I ain't going back. <laughs> I'm done with that life, man. I can't do it. Oh, I don't guys. get coffee at night, just espresso. Wait, what? You know where they don't drink coffee at all, apparently. Wait, you guys don't drink 10 shots every day either? What? No, totally not. 
Thanks is it Hyrule? Kakariko. <laughs> they only drink tea and soup. <laughs> they love their soup. What do you think they would happen if Link soup. got his hands on an, like just a cup of espresso? I mean, the dude's already like. I think you can make. Chamber. Well, I don't know that you can actually make coffee. I know you can make hot milk. <laughs> just <laughs> kind of close to a latte. <laughs> My guy needs to find a Zonai device that's an espresso machine so he could have like 70 of them in his back pocket and just walk around Hyrule just twitching all the time. Movement screen buff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would give you yellow stamina, but take away all your green stamina. <laughs> Five bars of yellow stamina, but all your green is gone. That's actually perfect. Maybe DLC. Yeah. <laughs> Link's espresso machine. Let's Quick, get it right Nintendo. to Nintendo before they finish. <laughs> right. Nonsense. All right, guys. So uh, I I was a frequent visitor of Kakariko for the, my play of this game. Uh, I don't know how often you guys made the trip over here, but the more times I came, the more frustrated I got. I could tell you that right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I hit this place twice. Twice? Yeah. Like, okay. Because, you know, I did the clock, and I went through after Zora's Domain. I hit Kakariko. Uh, I did as much as I could the first time through until I got hard hard stopped. Uh, and then I just continued on until I, you know, could go back and finish out the, the hard stop. Yeah, I kept thinking there was a secret I needed to find. So I kept oh, trying no. and beat so my head against there. a wall. And we'll talk about that wall in, in just a few <laughs> steps here. Uh, but yeah, Kakariko uh, in this game is famous for having these huge ring ruins that have fallen from the sky upon them. Uh, all but maybe one of the rings is actually touching ground. Uh, like one fell but didn't fall all the way because it, you know, it's like a, um, it's like when you put like a crayon in water and it just kind of floats somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if that that reference is gonna make a lot of sense to a lot of people. It, basically, it it, uh, it it fell, but it didn't touch ground. It's still floating above above the town, and that one is currently off limits. But these other four ring ruins are currently under investigation by the uh, Zonai research team, headed up by one fellow named Taro, who's new who is kind of kind of a himbo researcher man wears a uh like a i don't even know like he wears like a a buster right like it's like a like a vest but then nothing else basically he's like a character that you would find in dark cloud too i said buster but i meant duster a foolhardy explorer kind of get out yeah yeah he is straight up him at least he thinks <laughs> he's him but some other characters you might know who are also on this team of note is Wartsworth, who you will originally meet in the uh, Lookout Landing, exploring a stone slate that has some Zonai writing on it. He's like one of the only people who can actually translate the writing. And he tells you that these slates are all over in the sky. So not only are there the ring ruins in Kakariko, but then there's other ruins uh, that aren't actually ruins. They're just sky islands of a particular type. All of which in the name of exploration and research. 
I'm trying to think who else is on this team. Oh, yeah. They recruited this guy called Callip, who you might remember is the family abandoner from Breath of the Wild. Hey, he's back. He's back with a vengeance. And they still make him uh, probably the most unlikable character in the game. I, I want to save my, my piece for him. This is a <laughs> guy who's not him. This is a guy who's not him. This is a guy who's not Taro. Wants to be Taro, not Taro. <laughs> and he's, he's living in Kakariko too now. At least when we first arrive, he is. But yeah, these ring ruins. Guys, how do you feel about the ring ruins? There's something to explore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this is a but like it's, let's say you did the game in perfect order so far. This is okay. like another um, what did they call them? Uh, natural phenomenon, kind of like uh, what happened to the Gorons or the Zoras or the Rito or the Garidu. It's it's the phenomenon of the Chica, basically, and you have to kind of figure out what's going on it, it that's kind of how i thought about it and then kind of what progresses after that as well like i was just like this is definitely feeling like it's like a fifth phenomena okay i mean granted it definitely becomes that over time um mm-hmm. so i agree with that uh how do you feel about the information contained within the ring ruins <laughs> do you remember what each one each one has a slab inside of it and they tell a really summarized version of everything we've already heard from everybody else not another source i just remember secret stones right so that's so that's one of them so one of the ring ruins is generous enough to let us know that sages are created when skilled people take up secret stones and that's all it says basically another one tells us that there was a king at the time when the demon king arose who decided to stand against the demon king. That's all it wow. says. And then there's, there's another one that talks about the existence of a demon king in the first place. And that's about as far as it goes. And then the, the last one actually details uh, some of the powers that the sages were known to have and it goes through you know wind fire all of that nonsense you know lightning what have you uh hmm. light and time which is great but that's all it says i can just imagine because links links you know he's been around he's he's learned everything he's been in every vision that the sages have had i can just imagine the researchers sitting there like what could this possibly mean i have no clue what this is this information is also confusing. And then Link's like, ah, this again. I don't, I've, this is like the sixth time, dude. <laughs> it's like, ever since I talked to my man Raru at the start of the game, I've kind of known all this. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> this is definitely written as an early game discovery. Uh, something that, because you can do it right off the bat, they don't want to give away too much. But at the same time, um, you are kind of spoon-fed this exact same level of detail so many times. Uh, and I don't want to be a complainer, but I feel like you like it was kind of shallow. If I'm being honest. I can see where you're coming from. Especially from my point of view, because I did this after all of the phenomena. So I came into this like 
I can write an entire history book and become famous because I already know all of the meanings of this. But yeah, I can see like the game tells you to go the opposite way. But if you're curious and you go to Kakariko first, this could probably be really cool and like add to the story before you actually even get to the first stage. Yeah, that would be the ideal time for it. But they don't walk you here. So I don't know too many people who actually did. Yeah, they for sure take you straight up to the uh to the Rito. Um at least that's what the nudges lead you to in my case. That's that's pretty much where I was directed right away. Yeah, it's there's too many there's too many sources that you get the same information from. And like you said when you normally go through this it kind of leads you to the upper left of the map and kind of circles you back down around and you're going to obtain this some of this information if not like all of it during that time anyways. So this feels like redundancy, and it's kind of dull, in my opinion. Unless you specifically came here just out of curiosity in the beginning, that'd be the only time this would be a somewhat interesting find. Yeah. Like to see a little more detail. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it, too. So I guess saving, saving the best of the ring ruins for last, because there is that fifth ring that we're not allowed to go to just yet. Um, well, I mean... Let's be candid. In our in the way we've gone through our podcast season, we are allowed to go there now that we've now that we've gone to Hyrule Castle and did the whole crisis at the castle. Before you do that mission, you are completely barred from the fifth ring. There is nothing you can do short of breaking the game to try to get into it. Um, and it's all kind of locked down by one guy. But we'll get to him. So, I mean, if... If we're here, as long as we're in Kakariko, we might as well explore and talk to some of our favorite NPCs, right? Yes. Yeah. Any of you guys want to kick off with a with an NPC of note that you were a fan of? I have I have a handful of them that I I uh, I like going around talking to, but I want to I want to hear what you guys have first. Well, the first thing I actually did when I got into the village was go over the left cliff side um it was like a farm and a little shack house kind of like on a cliff side and i went over to that way and uh there's a girl sitting out front of the house her name is lasley and i don't really remember exactly what she says other than her grandmother is ill you know grandmama got that disease the gloom disease. <laughs> Man, um, I got yeah. the gloom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, she needs ingredients to make her special porridge, basically, to heal the gloom. At this point in the game, you probably already... Well, if you did the game how... If, we're, if you did it the way that we're talking, you already know that Sundalions cure sickness cure gloom sickness so you're like you probably have 45 of them in your inventory by this point you yeah. just give them some you're good and to if go. you don't know there are a couple of sandaline based quests in the area as well there is a um a one researcher by one of the ring ruins who's researching the sandalion and then there's i believe another researcher across town who's uh who has found one randomly and wants to hmm see more something like that so you can go and you can show her more sun to lines and she gets all grateful about it but <laughs> um nothing nothing too crazy just the game is points out the sun to lines too so the solution is local as well 
And if I'm not mistaken, when you're in the beginning of the game doing the tutorial Sky Islands with Raru's like stand, you know, his old thing, pretty sure there's if if you're careful enough, you could probably find I think there's like five to ten Sundalions up there before you even jump down to Hyrule. Oh, yeah. They're basically like Hyrule of the sky. Yeah. So yeah, then yeah, you just make a porridge thing with the sundalions. Um, I don't know, milk, greens, sundalions. I did porridge. Like. Yeah, I don't remember the recipe that you need, but basically you're making like grandma soup from the Wind Waker. Yeah, and giving it to grandma the same way you'd like use the fairy <laughs> in Wind Waker to heal your grandma. Like it's like it's like a reference to healing grandmas in the Wind Waker. <laughs> like that's what it felt like to me. Nan- Nana got the gloom. We got to help her out. Nana was the character I was gonna pick as my favorite in the town because she was just out for a stroll. She didn't want to be the cause of any drama. She didn't want to have any trouble. She did. She came down with the gloom. And then everything kind of got mixed up because of it within the with her family and stuff. So you know, feels bad. So we got to help her out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cool thing too about healing Nana is that you end up not just like helping her, but helping her family as well. Yeah, because then everyone can go do what they want to do. You know the the first quest reward of this quest is so good because. The prices at Enchanted, which is the clothing shop that the family runs, will be lowered. Oh, yeah, because they were astronomical. Yeah, you don't have to pay a million rupees. So, Clarie is the one who's with Nana. Um, Lasley is at the shop. She stands outside the shop, and she tells you that Nana's sick. So, if you go to Nana and you heal her, then Clarie, who's been with Nana... We'll go back to the clothing shop, and that leaves Lasley, who has always had a passion for fashion, to head out to Hateno Village to study fashion under CC. So that was kind of a cool callback to our time at Hateno as well. Been off yeah, the fashion of Zelda right there. Yeah. So I think the background of what you were sharing at is that they hiked up their prices in order to mm-hmm. make money to find a cure for Nana. Like they're the reason they they were kind of gouging their own clothing line is because we we need support as a family right now, and since you heal Nana, they're all sudden like, well, we we're not in the same situation. Like we can just sell the clothes like normal now. Yeah, yeah. they were running the Gucci of Kakariko. Yeah, they were like thousands of rupees a piece before, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Well, you guys didn't want to support the business. <laughs> That wasn't going to help them find Sundalions any faster, I don't think. Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness. True, true that. It's like, I'll give you a Sundalion, but I'm not giving you my rupees. Exactly. Um, you, got, you got any other ones then, Nana Cam? I mean, I was like uh, Papyra. Is that her name? Um, Paya? Paya. Probably just Paya, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like Paya. You can always say papaya, you know, kind of flows. Never had papaya. Papaya's kind of, um, she's under some duress in this game. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of the duress of which I speak. I don't know. It's all good. She's, uh, so Paya has been left as the, um, the chief of the village. 
because Impa went off on an adventure to look at all of the uh, the uh, um, glyphs on the ground, she left Paya in charge. And Paya's not taking it remarkably well. She She's very... Um, like obsessive over studying. She's like, I gotta be my best. This is like such a big responsibility. She's overwhelmed is what's happening. And it's not that she's not doing her duty well. Like she's, she's keeping track of the needs of the village and she's keeping a journal of such things still. And she is researching relevant things to try to help out. But, but you can tell that she's just anxious about having this job all the time. It's also cool to kind of see she confides in you too. Like she tells you, you know, everything that she's feeling, which is kind of calling back to their relationship in the first game. Oh, yeah. When she when she was just the assistant, she was so nervous. <laughs> she was still nervous as the assistant. You're right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just who she is. I can't believe that Impa's out touring, though, at her age. Goodness. I mean, what do you? I mean, you retire oh, and you like go travel, retire, right? I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go see the world. Time to go see right now. No, it's it's funny, but yeah, she's she's out. She left Pi at her place. Um, the other one I'll mention. I mean, there's there's a a visitor in town who wants to know about the ruins. You can tell him about them. Uh, he's not really a major character though. He's just like another pointer to the ring ruins. But some of the characters that we've talked about before, like Coco and Katla, the sisters, are up to some stuff. The two of them and their father, what is it? His name's not actually Durian, but it's based on Durian. Oh, gosh. I know I can find this. Is that the guy we fought last game in Breath of the Wild? We didn't fight him. He was... He was the guy who hadn't made a deal with the, or he used to be a Yiga. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So right. we, we helped him by Yiga. fighting the Yiga guy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Dorian. Dorian? Oh, my man, Dorian, anyways. Yeah, it's Dorian. Dorian. All right. So some of the, um, the characters that we've met before, Coco and Katla and their father, Dorian, uh, are not able to make it to. Dorian's wife's grave anymore because of the ring ruins because they're tied off every like just right right on the path over to the memorial stones like the ring ruin fell right above the path over there so they're they're barred from going and paying their respects which was their tradition in in Breath of the Wild to do that every morning so instead they go to the frog statues that are in front of like the the town you know like Paya's house I don't know if you call it like a town hall kind of deal, right? The ones with the baskets in front of them? Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't have baskets in this game, but yes, those ones. I don't know why they don't have baskets, but the ones out front here don't have baskets. Someone took the baskets. Someone took the baskets. Who's the basket thief of Kakariko? I mean, there's five frogs here. Maybe they represent the five sages. I don't know. Maybe they took the baskets to the ruins. <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't look That's into it like that. Singing frogs from a Jor's mask. The five frogish tenors out here. It's sad that the memorial site got cut off, though. Yeah, it is sad that the memorial got cut off. But there's a couple other things that they're up to now, outside of their morning prayer time. Um, Coco has been selling ring wreaths, just ring garlands. Uh, you can use them to decorate your shield or your weapon. 
I had to research this, but there's actually, if you take the ring wreaths like on your shield and you show them to people, certain people will react to them and like point out like, hey, that's a ring wreath. Mm-hmm. And they're excited about it. Uh, and if you take it all the way to Gerudo Town uh, and show it to the, the people doing the classes, uh, there's one character who will particularly react that it's supposed to be a symbol of like a bond between people. Hmm. It's it's interesting that they put this here with such a little return. Like, there's no quest as far as the world is concerned. Like, nobody's found any kind of reward for doing anything with these outside of them being recognized by people. I think what the developers were doing with this was trying to make a story of like, um, trying to think how to explain this. I I think what they were doing was putting some subtext into the game. That is to say that these ring ruins somehow like before they actually fell back down, there was already a tradition of like ring shapes (laughs) that have been passed down. Um, because this whole like, oh, the ring signifies a bond between people, and suddenly, it's like, like to me that that speaks to okay. Since ancient Hyrule times, when rings were such a big deal that these all these rings fell in the town later on, right? Somebody made mention of how this ring was a symbol of of either the teamwork that they shared or just uh, the cycle of life from generation to generation or something of that nature. To the point where now everybody in Hyrule is like, hey, I recognize that. That's a ring wreath. That's a symbol of bonds between people. And then, you know, the Zonai stuff from ancient times comes crashing down. And guess what? It's rings. You know, like that. that's the connection that my brain goes to. I don't know if it's real because there's no text in the game that says any of that. But they decided to just add a tradition to Hyrule that we didn't know about until now. And put Would it in the same town as the ring ruins. That- that's very weird. Because the ring ruins fell and some of them are just completely broken and uh, misshapen that the, you know, the, the bond is broken now? Or you don't think it goes that far? Uh, I think you could argue that with, like, like, say if the rings are representing the sages, because there's five rings, five sages, right? The fact that there hasn't been sages for a while... It could mean that the bonds are broken and we're rebuilding them, reforging them, that kind of thing. Uh, especially with the one that's cut off in town is the one that we haven't found yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, like, yeah, you could say that the bonds have been damaged, but we're kind of reforming the team in this game. If that yeah, makes sense. That. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm getting real, like speculative with this i mean this isn't like again this isn't in the text of the game this is just like why else would they have a ring garland yeah but flavor I mean, shop they did go as far as to put that stuff in the game so they were obviously trying to you know sprinkle some some lore around it yeah so something there a little salt so that's what Coco's up to. Kala has been sneaking off in the middle of the day to go underground into the well system where she found her mom's journal, which interesting. Just, yeah. And her mom's journal talks about how much she appreciates the hard work that her husband Dorian puts into things and is, and she has some recipes listed of like her family's favorite foods. And so you can you can learn these recipes. Uh, I've tried everything in terms of 
making them and bringing them to the different people in the family, but none of them react at all to that. So it's it's more just like, hey, if you want to learn more about these people's lives, you can kind of dig in a little bit, but you're not going to get anything special for it. It's more just, do you want the experience of learning the recipes that this mom made for her family? It's kind of cool. Like it was definitely um, like a sweet little discovery in the game, but again, didn't really like. Like she can catch you down there if you go down there, and she ends up like running into you, and she'll tell you like, "Okay, you're allowed, but only you." Like you know, this is a secret place. Like you, like I'd really prefer you not be here. But since you already know about it, just please don't tell anybody else. That kind of thing. Hold um, on. because it's her connection to her mom is through the cooking. What's up? Isn't she like? like 10 yeah she's she's tiny i mean she's uh, these two kids have not really aged a ton since the last game but they're also sheikah so they age slower hmm. so yeah she's a 10 i think would be a good estimate maybe so even like, you know i don't know that's crazy for adventuring at 10 you know what i'm saying yeah for her to just jump down into the well i'm like who's watching this girl she's got that main character energy she she do have that protag vibes because <laughs> i remember uh, in the first game like she's extremely young uh Are yeah yeah she's basically the baby of kakariko at that point i mean not that she's actually a baby she is still cooking in that game <laughs> <laughs> but she's like about as young as you could be and still cook if you want to put it that way um i can just like just just like m- missile through a few of these other characters Melly, who run, who owns like the plum garden, has a son to lion growing in her plum garden. She still treats it just as sacred. She actually, I think, she trained the chickens to attack people who go in. There's, hey, yeah, I know, right? If you go to the high spirits produce shop, um, they'll tell you that the cuckoos outside have been disappearing every morning, and they don't know where, but they used to, get, you know, supply their eggs from these chickens, so they need your help. So you can chase them up. Well, not chase them. You kind of have to like sneak stalk them <laughs> up the hill, and you can find a secret roost where a bunch of cuckoos are that all have eggs, which is pretty cool. Secret um, roost. Yeah, there's a secret also, roost. Cuckoos in this game, I gotta say, the art style is really cool. They got Definitely like new different. new colors, right? Yeah, it kind of gave me like tropical vibes. They're almost like Wind Waker cuckoos. Yeah, like they, they got, got their 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 like crest, their crown, I guess you could call it, is like ridiculously big. They got a huge old pompadour. Shout out to my man Cruz. What up? <laughs> if either of you have seen Moana, then you'd know <laughs> Hey Hey. I think that's like the kind of chicken. These Hey Hey cuckoos out here. Yeah. Living their best lives. Hey <laughs> Hey. <laughs> All right. Um, and there's some other stuff you can do for the produce shop too, just to help them out with their business. Nothing crazy, nothing super major. Uh, let me think. Who else? Oh, tell me, we're gonna talk about Steen the Steez. You talking about? Well, I mean, he they still fighting in this game. <laughs> That's oh, like their no. whole bit. Um, Steen and Olkin, who's like the carrot man and the pumpkin man. Uh, they stock the general store, but they like they they go back into to going into feud mode of like what's better offense defense blah blah blah. Um, I think they even are attached to one of the ring ruins 
uh, quests because they're compl- like arguing about how to fight some monsters. Yeah, they're trying to get in, in and get something, and they're like, offense, defense. Yeah, so then you go in and just wreck house and come back out, and they're like, yeah, you're right, Link, you need both. That's <laughs> 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 kind of how they end up resolving the difference, which to me, I'm like, didn't we already do this a game ago? Like, what is happening? They just needed like, another lesson. Guys back at it again. They're perfect brothers, man. Yeah. Uh... And that's, I mean, all I can remember off the top of my head right now, pretty much. Uh, so next, I was thinking maybe we could talk about this Zona exploration with my man Wartsworth over here, because this mission, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm gonna just give y'all the reward for it, basically by reading through these messages. But how, how his mission goes is he found the one tablet that actually came crashing down to the ground already. And as you might check your map, you'll see these flower-shaped sky islands. Each one has a tablet in the center of it. And they're all around the map. And when I say all around the map, I mean like to the corners of the map. Like there's just, there's a bunch of them. There's like 11 of these things. Um, And each one contains an actual bit of lore that we don't get from the sage Sage is just telling us about the history of the battle. So, you know, for me, that means this is actually valuable information <laughs> because it's something new and different. If you right. complete the entire mission, you end up getting this library of a room with all of the text from all of the different ruins, all the different tablets. Um, I, I keep calling them ruins. They're not technically ruins, but uh, some of them get ruined. When you go to them, the tablet <laughs> falls from the sky and crashes either to the earth or all the way into the depths. Uh, um, I got into the habit of once I would jump on a platform, I would whip out the camera before the platform fell, take my picture, and, and then get off the platform, and then we'll just watch her fall and be like, well, I got my picture, so I'm good. <laughs> I would leave. Got that quick snap. It was like one of, I had a James Bond moment at, at one of them because I crashed my motorbike into the little tiny like dip that is is in the platform and immediately took my my camera out and got a got a snapshot and then it started to fall with my bike on it so i immediately like jumped down onto it and was trying to skydive fast enough to like get to my bike and then i eventually got down there took the bike and just skadoodled off and it was like a james bond scene it actually fell a bit (laughs) i was like Trying to action seed my way down to the falling tablet. It was great. Nice. He's working his way down there through the air. <laughs> now, the cool thing, when you get all of these, not only do you get the special room, but you actually get a sailcloth uh, print as well that is based on the Zonai research team. It's like a the compass pattern. Looks pretty Zona cool. Team, I, I had that for a while. Like even when I was getting new new fabrics, I would keep switching back to the Zonai team. It's not what I'm rocking anymore, but it is what I use for a good chunk of the game. It is pretty cool. Makes you feel uh, like an adventurer. Yeah. So if you guys would like, I can go through this text and we can talk about it. And I'll just read each one. Let's see this new information. Yeah. They're a bit lengthy, so just be 
careful. I can either read the tablet's text or I can hear Wartsworth's take. I think I'm going to do Wartsworth's take just for my sanity because the tablet's text is like broken English. Like mm-hmm. they they just straight up like kind of m- take regular words and just change them in weird ways. It makes it really hard to read out loud. Okay. Um, but Wartsworth's take is pretty much the same it's just as valuable he he might summarize a little bit but i think that honestly serves what we're doing here you should well. just for for the sake of it just just do one <laughs> yeah. one of the ruined ones uh they're quite sure. funny account of a celebration this would be a great one to do i'll read the tablets text first and then you guys can hear the difference so sweet the song of kyung raru and so great the beauty of his sister's dwells <laughs> that were men eyes on the heiress captive. On so hend quen Sonia's gazing on us alle, so felt ye min hurt als captive fallen. Saron, <laughs> I, I don't know why the accent makes this easier, it just does. Serante's <laughs> lift, though mock laborsome, han mock jollity as well, uh, long be the life. Of the royal family there, Iloso. So, I don't know if you guys got the gist of that, but basically, people was dancing and the king was like on looking, and everybody was happy about it. Hey, but let me read Wordsworth's take where he kind of explains that. Uh, this is an account of a party from those days. It says King Raru and his older sister sang and danced together while Queen Sonia looked on. Okay, so Sonia was the one looking on. I think I got confused trying to do the everything at once. We think of royalty as austere and reserved, but these nobles amuse themselves with song and dance. But what a vivid recounting of a scene never before related in any history book. The descriptions of their personalities and expressions make the ancient past feel alive again. The stone tablet is a first-class find. Well done. And then he gives you some, you know, some feedback about all that. So I hope that he doesn't have to do that every time. But that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. I like Wordsworth. Yeah. Uh, strong queen and the receptive king. I'm, I'm going to go through them all and then we can talk about like some of the details that stood out. It says this one looks to be about Queen Sonia. It claims that Sonia was a priestess before marrying Raru. Despite his stat- status as a Zonai, a people popularly thought to be gods, uh, she would counsel him with any trepidation. Moreover, Raru needed this counsel. Uh, this account gives us firsthand knowledge of the nature of Queen Sonia and King Raru's relationship. Uh, Raru found himself unexpectedly charmed by her strong will, and before long, they were married. Uh, he says that last bit isn't in the text. That's me speculating. <laughs> it's funny. He says, history rarely speaks of a person's character prior to being elevated to royalty, so I can't help but fantasize. Hilarious. All right, next up, the harmonious couple. So this is going to be about the relationship after that marriage, right? Let's see. This is a tale of King Raru. Apparently, he would vacate his official business from time to time in order to go out hunting. I had the impression he was a stricter, more serious king, but I guess he had a lighter side as well. However, Queen Sonia was always a step ahead. She would put a stop to King Raru's hunts and bring him back. We rarely get a glimpse into the down-to-earth side of royalty in this way. It's an important find, to be sure. Nice. (laughs) Man, he was just trying to have fun with the boys, and she put a stop to it. Well, he's out hunting. He's supposed to be the king. (laughs) everybody got hunt every now and then well yeah so that's a that is a thing (laughs) traditionally right the subject here's the action i don't i didn't get the did i already say the name of this one hold on a pilgrimage of light all right let's check it out 
The subject here is the actions King Raru and Queen Sonia undertook not long after Hyrule's founding. With the kingdom established, they were worried for their people, so they set out to eradicate the monsters troubling them. They created structures called Shrines of Light to seal the monsters away so that they could never be revived. There's more here about light and time too. The sense I get is that the two of them may have had supernatural powers. Though it's part of ancient history, it's a feat those of us living today should still be grateful for. Truly an important discovery. All right. Cool, cool. We kind of knew that already. Uh, Wordsworth. Here we learn a bit about Minoru. This is, you know, character we haven't really talked much about yet. Mm. Uh, it says that she neglected to eat or sleep while making something called a construct. It was part of her research into a means of returning to life as a spirit, possessing a new body should her original one die. To you or I, this sounds less like history and more like some sort of ghost story. But remember who we're dealing with. They may have had unfathomable powers that made such things possible. The revelation that Minoru was a fellow researcher makes her feel like a kindred spirit to me. And yet, the Chamberlain who inscribed these tablets treats Minoru with such care and kindness that it warms my heart. Okay, that was called the researcher Minoru, if I didn't say that already. Uh, next one is called the Foreign Princess. I, I think we're about halfway through with this one. Uh, if my translation is correct, the Zelda described here is Sonya's distant relative. According to this, she arrived in Hyrule unexpectedly from another kingdom. It seems she was a beautiful princess. Her strange clothing perplexed the people of Hyrule, and many were suspicious of her at first. But this Zelda had such an undeniable air of nobility that those who doubted she was of royal birth were soon silenced. Note how clearly this conveys the writer's feelings regarding Zelda. Once it was clear Zelda would be staying, uh, she applied to be Chamberlain to the princess. That suggests real admiration. Hmm. So, I guess the cat's out of the bag. There was a Zelda in this story of Raru and Sonya, which, you know, we haven't actually talked about on the podcast yet. Because there's more about that in the memories that we get from the Dragon Tears. But again, we're saving that for another episode. True. So he's this Wartsworth, I believe his take on on the Zelda in the text uh is that it's a, a different Zelda, that they had their own Zelda. Um but if you know you're uh a Zelda fan and you've been playing the game for decades, you might have already caught on to what's happening just from that. Um but I'll move on to the next one. The free spirited Zelda. <laughs> oh. The subject here is Zelda and Minoru. Zelda apparently visited Minoru often to assist with her research. I have no idea what kind of thing this construct that allowed people to ride on it was. Uh, but Zelda wrote it so well that our author, the Chamberlain, was again impressed by her skill at everything she tried. That's the long and short of it here. But more than the narrative, what strikes me is the back and forth between the Chamberlain and Zelda. The Chamberlain tried to warn Zelda of the danger, but Zelda pushed past her and rode the construct anyway. It's short, but so evocative of both the level of technology found in this era and the character of their visitor, Zelda. The treasure found in these stone tablets is pearls of wisdom and nuggets of personality contained within. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we have five left. I guess I was wrong about the halfway. <laughs> this one's called The Latest Trend. 
Oh, no. I forgot about this one. All right. Here we learn something about the fashion trends of that era. Oh, boy. The story's catalyst is their Zelda telling a tailor about the mushroom-patterned outfits becoming popular in her homeland. Intrigued, the tailor fashioned some clothing in that vein, and it caught on in ancient Hyrule. Do you know Cece from Hitano Village? Imagine the look on her face if she were to find out. They say that trends go in cycles, but I didn't expect mushroom patterns to have been in fashion so long ago. One last thing about the Zelda. Ch- <laughs> One uh, last thing about the Chamberlain. Her interest in fashion shows there was more to her than devoted service. She was just like anyone else in the kingdom. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty great. Why this mushrooms? Next, this next one, an ancient ghost story. Let's hear Wordsworth take. Uh, this one is an ancient ghost story. Thanks. I couldn't catch that from the title. Okay. <laughs> My understanding of ancient Hyrulean isn't perfect, but I know a ghost story when I see one. <laughs> it's a firsthand account of a ghostly or maybe corpse-like woman who appeared each night looking just like their Zelda. <laughs> Could it have been Felda? No matter the era, it seems people can't resist sharing a good ghost story. A bit like how there have been eyewitness accounts of our Princess Zelda in the newspaper, even though she's missing. Could our Zelda be a ghost too? No, of course not. <laughs> no, of course not. Zelda. Uh, is the name of the next one. Yeah, right. Foreshadowing 100%. People don't realize. <laughs> uh, that one is all about the feat Zelda performed for the sake of the hero. The details are unclear, but essentially the Chamberlain trusted in Minoru and Zelda's predictions and wanted to help. She put forth the suggestion to Minoru to build a mechanism that could make her stone tablets float in the sky, which is where we find them, right? Which I take it are the very tablets you found, Link, but it doesn't end there. If my translation is correct, it suggests that their Zelda worked with Minoru to raise the Temple of Time into the sky. The idea of the Temple of Time, a grand edifice built in the ancient era, being lifted in the skies to await a hero. Although, given the appearance of the Sky Islands after the upheaval, perhaps it's not so far-fetched as it seems. What must it have been like for the Chamberlain to live through such miraculous times? Wow, alright, so they they put the temple up there just so that Link could find it, or be brought to it? That's crazy. Alright, hold on. This one's called, The Day the Land Rose. This is an eyewitness account of the day the Temple of Time floated into the sky. It's a landmark discovery for the history of Hyrule and maybe one of the top 10 most important discoveries of all time. Even among the breathtaking displays of power we knew from the era to raise the land and its buildings into the sky, that was a feat impressive even to those accustomed to wonders. You can tell as much from this account. Zelda predicted that a hero would appear in the land they raised into the sky and that he would save Hyrule. The Chamberlain took this on faith and wanted to know how she could help. So she inscribed these records on the stone tablets that Maneru sent into the sky. Give me more. I need to review these counts as a historian, not get swept up in personal sentiments. All right. And then the last one. A parting resolve. Here, Wartsworth take. This one might give away too much. If it does, I'll probably stop reading it. <laughs> it seems this is the last of the records. The royals whom the Chamberlain served so faithfully were gone one by one. Uh, it's heart-rendering to... Or, sorry, heart-rending to read... Uh, her pain comes across so clearly in her words. What's less clear from these entries is the cause of all these partings. Well, each new mystery is an opportunity to do more research. If I keep digging someday, I'll unravel it. All right, so it's not actually anything crazy. Um, and that's 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 all of them. So this There's is some backstory. 
Yeah, some of my favorite like details in the game is they actually gave us some backstory about these characters. Talking about thinking like Raru going hunting and singing and dancing with his sister and, and Zelda like, and Minoru hanging out and researching stuff. Researching constructs because you know she she's all about like them guardians and stuff. Yeah, you know, construct rodeo. That sounds great. She probably loves a good construct, whatever that is. In right, school, they kind of put, uh, they gave her a job, you know, they gave her the Chamberlain job, which is pretty noble. Yeah. And um, I thought it was cool that they talked about how, like, the the Zonai were considered to be, like, gods, but Sonya was like, I don't care. I'll tell you how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Raru was about that. He was like, yeah. I need somebody who will tell me how they feel about stuff. Like, I'm not trying to be a god. You all think that, but that's not who I'm trying to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, from what we've seen with Rauru so far, he is very humble, and he doesn't put himself above the Hylians at all. And especially if, if you've been keeping up with uh, memories to this point, kind of just reinforces that, that he's... You know, he's who he is since the beginning of the game when we met him. And, you know, you're probably expecting at some point in the story to how most stories do, where they, the main dude you thought was like this great guy just ended up actually like causing grief and that sort of thing. But no, that ain't Rauru. No. Just a super good dude. A lot of of kings of Hyrule have done it wrong, I guess. Mm -hmm. But Rauru's one of the real ones. Or the previous game's daddy had a little problem with uh, his his fathering. Oh yeah, I mean, as far as you know, Raru wasn't a father necessarily. But yeah, I get what you're saying, though. He could have been. We don't really know. We don't really know. But we're we're gonna have to talk about that too at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But I think that's another memories episode conversation. Yeah, because there's some there is some speculation on out there in the world, and also we're probably the, have to give our quick takes on that. Are you, are you talking about the the shrine quest? I don't think I'm talking about the end of the shrine quest. Um, like, uh, but that I mean armor? that's worth discussion as well. I thought that's <laughs> where we, you were going. We could talk about that another time. Also, uh, you know, along the lines of that. It's related, yeah. It's it's related if you want it to be, I guess, is what I should say. Again, there's like no text about anything we're talking about right now, but I think I think that's a better discussion for another time. Because right now I wanna I wanna put a certain NPC on blast. Oh, is it Caleb? His NPC is named Caleb. Oh man. So Wordsworth what a guy, right? Did all these translations. He's loving life. He's paid us money to go find all these things. Plus gave us sailcloth. What a bro. Just a, just a bro. Taro, he, he's a bro too. He just hangs out and looks at these ruins all day. He's staring at the ring ruins. He's obsessed. If you look closely at Taro, mm-hmm. uh, he has a Zonai magnifying glass. So he can visually see things closer and it's just super cool character design that I think that like this man is just rocking a piece of Zonai tech, like a lens of truth over here. Just zooming in on things. That's what it kind of looks like, doesn't it? 
Yeah. He's just like hanging off his chain. He sees everything that's going on. He just plays dumb. <laughs> he's got the eye of Sauron just hanging from his neck. <laughs> These fools. No, my dude's got like adventure pouches and stuff too. He's 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 ready for some kind of adventure. Um, but you know what? That those last ring ruins are off limits, and Callop is the guard. Like he is so adamant for so long in this game about how Zelda herself gave instructions for nobody to be allowed to go to the ring ruins. As you might put together, once we have proof that Felda is in fact Felda, uh, <laughs> suddenly nobody cares what Zelda told everybody to do because it probably wasn't her. Um, it was probably the evil one who didn't want us to get more information about what's going on. But let me just read Caleb's journal that he so conveniently left behind here, and we'll get an idea of what kind of character we're dealing with. <sighs> so here's Caleb talking. He's, most of it's about Taro, mind you, but it's either about Taro or about himself, and you'll, you'll catch on to when is when. While Taro and I were taking a break, he asked me, Hey, Caleb, what attracted you to join the Zonai survey team? A little flustered, I answered that I had heard its research division was led by a brilliant man by the name of Taro. Because of you, essentially. And I meant it sincerely, and in my heart, I longed to continue. You're not like these other dullards, you know. You immediately grasp the breadth of my vision. Of course, no such thing passed my lips. But I'm certain that Taro and no one else is the man who can help the world see my inc indescribable worth. Our leader Taro has done nothing but surprise me since I joined the Zonai survey team. One day, I arrived at the research site to find him sitting on bare earth as he stared at a stone slab. I wished him good morning, and to that he turned to me and said, Ah, Caleb, sorry I didn't notice you working overtime today, huh? I thought back to the night before as I was heading in. I saw Taro sitting on bare earth examining a stone slab. It hit me then. He had stayed up all through the night puzzling over the slab, never moving from his perch. I felt the profound envy of his ability to focus so completely that the passing of time escaped his notice. Next page. Uh, it's a researcher's duty to use his wisdom and intuition to bring to light historical truths which the ruins would keep secret. We carry on the work of our forebears and continue our pursuit tirelessly, then pass what we learn to those who come after. Our leader Taro understands well that this is not a task that can be completed in a single generation. He says this is why he wants to make it to make so many discoveries, even if the credit to whom they belong is lost. That's the sort of man Taro is, but I, Dr. Callop, won't be so easily satisfied. My discoveries will be noteworthy, to be sure, but it is my name that I want to live on forever. Not just in people's memories, but in the books, stone tablets, and if I might be a trifle immodest, landmarks. Callop Valley, Callop River, the Callop Hills. My dreams oh my. recognize no boundaries, signed Dr. Callop. So, 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 so Callop is here for Callop. If I might say in a little bit of sarcasm, there's just a lot of humbleness going on around in this game. Yeah, Callop is mm -hmm. like, you know, he's he's a benevolent force of... Oh, yeah. Just, so the, the altruism knows no bounds with Callop, <laughs> let me assure you. <laughs> I'm just going to throw something out there that uh, I remember reading about and watching a YouTube video on, and I thought it was funny. And you guys might find some enjoyment, and our viewers might find some enjoyment out of this. So in Breath of the Wild, when he was working 
if it rained when he was out, he would run home from the rain. And if you stopped him when he was running home, he would tell you that he can't be out while it's raining because his metallic glasses are a superconductor hazard for lightning. So he basically cancels what he was doing and just runs home. Or right, that, like, okay. that like, home he was doing. So somebody took it upon himself to when there was a lightning storm in Kakariko, and you can probably go find the video, uh, generated a bunch of like electricity mm-hmm. with metal weapons and metal armor and then dropped everything and then just like scooted out of the way and just let the lightning bolt just smash Callop. I mean, he didn't take any damage. Nothing happened to Callop, but it's just a little satisfying to see like, you know, yeah. a, a two million volt lightning bolt come down on him, start the whole field on fire. <laughs> So, a couple of things that I tried with Callop. Uh, you know how Haggy, right, over in, um, tra- or what's it, Terrytown, mm-hmm. uh, is trying to do the whole scam at the rails, and you have to just put a, something in front of him so he can't see? I built a whole box to put over top of Callop, uh, but he <laughs> sees right through it, and he'll still yell at you when you go into these ruins. Another mm. thing... There have been some videos going around of people carrying NPCs around on a flying machine. Because uh, if you attach like two carts or two sleds like on either side of somebody's feet, they'll actually kind of like pinch the NPC and they'll kind of pop up onto the thing. Um, and including one video where somebody made uh, like a full box around an NPC doing this method. Uh, and then used Ultra Hand to turn the box. Like just give it a good old like 90 degree turn and it basically broke the game with the npc in the box and the thing flew around in the air and smashed (laughs) and then the npc was moved from their original location like they were fine but they definitely went through it Mm -hmm. um and so i tried this with callop too (laughs) and i moved (laughs) callop He, oh, no. he got smashed around a bit and I was like, well, maybe since he's out of position, I'll be able to do that. No, you go too close. He still yells at you and gets you out of there. I was so obsessed with trying to outsmart Callop because he was annoying me so much, not letting me go to these ring ruins. I thought there was something important and there is. It's just the game does not want you to go to it until the right time. Imagine you do that and you fly the man out to like the Rito Tower area in, in Hebra and the northwest of the map. And then Other side of the map. Hey, don't go in those ring rooms. <laughs> How do you see me? The camera would have to pan so far. I don't know. <laughs> I have a feeling like if you were able to even travel back, he would just respawn in his normal spot with that kind of <laughs> distance. He would just phase walk in and be like, hey, no ring ruins. Yeah. So, begrudgingly, I must say that Callop is actually important for the next part of this. Uh, because after we return with news that Felda exists, and that she was probably the one who actually told us not to go to the ruins, everybody changes their mind and the ruins are reopened for discovery. Of course, nobody knows how to get inside of them. Uh, so you end up having to use your Ascend ability to breach the ring. Uh, once you do this, get your picture, bring it back to Taro, and he'll translate it. Uh, and we can learn this fancy schmancy, schmancy, fancy schmancy, a uh, bit of information. 
I'll just read it here, the deciphered slabs. Okay, the stone slab at the floating ring ruin. Some translation notes dictated to Paya. Promise Zelda solemnly signed Minoru Sage of dot 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 hide the key dot 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 dragon land dot 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 southeast entrust future wish defeat demon king. Uh, what this tells us is that the five stone slabs that fell on the village were written by some sort of sage called Minoru. Dragon land and southeast are most likely pointing to the Zonai ruins in Faron. A key has been hiding or a key has been hidden there, and it's related to Zelda and the Demon King. And that's all the information that we get from this ring ruin. But that key uh, is actually uh, delegated to be Callop's responsibility to go investigate. Uh, Taro gives the job to Callop, and he's ecstatic that the leader of this expedition has chosen him, the great and powerful Callop of Dr. Oz. Dr. Callop. To go and yeah, to um, to go and investigate the ruins in Faron, uh, and so we ourselves are given a mission to head that way as well, and that is where I kind of want to leave this for now. I think our next episode we'll talk about a lot of the stuff that happens in Faron because it is quite a bit. I don't know. Uh, but if we were to do it all in one night, we'd be here for three hours. So. <laughs> I'd rather not try to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is Kakariko. I mean, once you open that up, uh, Coco, Katla, and Dorian will walk through the path and go pay their respects like they used to again. Um, they're the only ones who I think who frequent this path. There might be one other NPC who has a husband who passed from Breath of the Wild, but I don't remember seeing them make this walk. Um, they, they do it every morning, though, the family. Um, but yeah. It's kind of kind of cool how you can kind of make things right for them as well. You guys have anything else you want to talk about in this town before we move away? Just glad Grandma's doing okay. Just just glad we got Nano off the gloom. That's all I'm saying. And Nana wasn't doing so. She uh, broke my heart. Nana's the most important NPC in Kakarika Village. I'm glad we can agree on this. Exactly. All right. Well, if you guys don't mind, I'll go ahead and put a bow on this one. I've been saying that a lot at the end of these episodes. Wrap it up. it up. All right. So, y'all, this has been our episode of A for No, B for Yes, discussing Kakariko Village in depth and at length. We'll catch you guys again next few weeks to talk about heading over to the Faron region to find that key. Thanks for tuning in. Find out what happens next time on A for No, B for Yes. Get all that.
I mean, you want to just like, so like, what are we doing? Are we covering all That's of Kakariko's side quests or just like, you know, some fun ones and then get to the juice or are we going to like just go straight for the juice? Um, what do you, what are you calling the juice right now? <laughs> juice. <laughs> I'm calling the juice of the rings. I mean, like, do you want to like talk about like the juice in the beginning and then be like, we'll get to that. Cause that's basically important. And then just do like the side yeah, stuff. You know, I think we could intro with the four rings that you can get to right away from the start. And then we can talk about what's actually happening in the village and like some of the NPCs and stuff that we found interesting. Um, and then we can talk about the Zonai expedition group with like the the flower shaped floating islands. And then from there, we'll talk about the last ring. Okay. Welcome to A4 No Before Yes, the Zelda theme podcast that's currently deep diving into Zelda Breath of the. Dang it! <laughs> I defaulted to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Tearstem. <laughs> Breath of the Tearstem. <laughs> How was the voice though? Is it is it kicking? How's the yeah. the voice is kicking? Yeah. Hey. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be straight with you. I I spaced out the entire time you were talking. <laughs> Hey. Oh no. Okay. Get into it. Just drank my first sip. Got this. 